What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender, and no, there is no Adam Ronis here today. Uh, he has a draft going on tonight, and I was uh, I was I was late to calling him. So instead, you get the better. You get you actually get better than Ronis. So believe it or not, folks, you get better than Ronis because I want to talk a little MLB Opening Day DFS. And Adam's still so hell bent on uh, on discovering the, the the greatest basketball lineup ever, that uh, that I'm gonna bring in the man who's on the MLB DFS playbook over at Fantasy Alarm. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, bring it in for James Grande, Babyface. What's up, brother? What's going on? Happy uh, happy baseball season, Howard here. But I am curious, what is the greatest basketball lineup ever? Oh, I have absolutely no idea, but, you know, <laughs> Ronis is probably – he's still so neck deep. I mean, I know that you're buried in basketball as well, but, you know, you can uh, – you, you know, you, you multi-sported here nicely for <laughs> us. So let's face facts, man, right? I mean, like, end of the year NBA DFS, uh, how much does that suck? It is um, – it is really gut-wrenching. It is terrible. And the winner of the million dollars, uh, John sent me this – uh, John and Pemba sent me the winning lineup and it had four guys that weren't on rosters a week ago. Uh, that was the Millie maker winner from uh Tuesday night. So congrats to that guy. Uh, you know, end of season DF- DFS is great for you, but for everyone else, it sucks. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Played it simple. Fuck that, man. Guys sitting out, guys not playing. It just becomes such a, a an unbelievable crap shoot that it's, uh, just nauseating, nauseating. So let's uh, let's flip the script here for you, James. Let's focus on some MLB uh, DFS. We uh, we got a great slate here for uh, for for the uh, for opening day. Oh no, we don't. We lost two games already. Um, Yankees, Red Sox postponed, uh, and uh, and Mariners, Twins, uh, another postponement there. Uh, due to some uh, inclement weather is uh, is what they're saying. So we basically on uh, on on Thursday now we go down to what seven games, and I don't even know what's on what slate anymore. So enlighten us here. So of course, um, because DraftKings and FanDuel and Yahoo are all best friends, and they the three best friends that anyone could have. Um, they've all decided to you know not do the same things. And um, DraftKings has cut off the Milwaukee-Chicago game uh, that start first pitch is 220 Eastern. Um, so they are down to six games where the other slates are at seven still. Okay, so but, site, sorry. So no Milwaukee-Chicago on DraftKings. On DraftKings. Both Kings. FanDuel and Yahoo start with the Mets-Washington. Um, oh, I lied. At- I, I said that incorrectly. FanDuel is, FanDuel is, is the only... Uh, Two o'clock slate. Sorry, Vandal has the two the two o'clock game. Yahoo is on DraftKings side. They're they're excluding the Milwaukee game as well. My apologies. Okay, so Fanduel full slate, DraftKings and Yahoo. Uh, no Milwaukee, Chicago. Correct. So no Corbin Burns, no strikeout machine. What a shame. It is a shame. It is definitely a shame because the pitching, you know, for for an opening day. Not the best uh, that we've seen in years past here, Howard. No, it really isn't. I mean, you've got you've got some some frontline guys. Shane Bieber's out there. Right. Um, 
you know, Shohei Otani, you could go with him, you Darvish. Um, I would say those are probably the top three, though, you know, and looking at some others, uh, you know, some price downs. Um, I don't even know. Fucking Wayne. Why? It's Wayne Wayne Wright Wright. is so it's expensive, right? Well, OK, so it depends on where you're looking, because DraftKings pricing this week is crazy. Um, nobody is expensive at all, actually. You Darvish, 9,500, is the top dog. Wainwright, 75. Otani, 7K, Howard. And Shane Bieber, 8,300. So it really depends on where you're playing. Um, on DraftKings, Wayno 75 feels like a slam dunk going up against the Pirates. Wainwright's like long history of being great in St. in St. Louis. I mean, you, literally his whole career, he's been dominant at home, which, you know, is weird to continuously do. So I think there is a, a pattern there. He's the biggest favorite on the board, um, you know, minus 195 right now. Even bigger than Corbin Burns, but they're playing in Chicago and in a big run total there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think Wainwright's a great play. FanDuel, you know, 8K, I can see where you're, like, hesitating considering it's your only pitcher. Maybe you do want to go up and get Bieber at 10-3, or 10-4, rather. Maybe you have the option to pay for Corbin Burns, like you mentioned, three points for strikeout on on uh, FanDuel. Um, but on DraftKings, man, I, I do I don't like the 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 crop of pitchers, but the pricing is crazy. I, Shane Bieber was not under ninety eight hundred dollars last year, for, and I know it was a shortened season for him, but not once. He is eighty three hundred in his first start, and I know all the hype with Bobby Witt, and I know you know the people are excited for the Royals. But is Shane Bieber's not an eighty three hundred dollar pitcher. That's something that we should look to exploit on the um, in the opener. Okay, so a little he's he's priced down. For you, I, you yeah, know, for sure. I mean, he had his struggles last year. He, he definitely did. did, and you know, I, I definitely see my my concern with paying up for pitching right now is because I don't think anybody's ready for for right. actual games, right? No. Like I was, I was sitting there and I was like, you know, before the uh, before the postponements, I was like looking at Robbie Ray at sixty three hundred on DraftKings, right? And I was like, what kind of a freaking trap is this, <laughs> right? I mean, come on. You, you got to be kidding me. Like third cheapest pitcher on the board, but right. then he was fifth highest on FanDuel and the highest priced pitcher on Yahoo. So, you know, my my problem is my concern for, for paying up for pitching is really is just that, is wondering if these guys truly are ready, not to mention the fact that if they throw, I don't, I don't think their, their managers want any of these guys who are listed on the slate to throw a ton of pitches on opening day. So what do you think that favors? Do you think that favors someone um, who hasn't been in the game for a while? Like we're seeing Granky, right? On um, He's 38 years old and is on his making his start this year. Is that going to is that going to favor him, you know, navigating these early waters? Or is that going to favor someone like Frambar Valdez, who doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires or McGill, who's, you know, in his sophomore season in, in a good matchup? Like, what do you think that favors? the shortened off season, at least the the work within the team. Like who, what do you think that benefits? Because I, I agree where I think, you know, I don't want to pay up at, at the very least DraftKings isn't making me Fandle, Sure. You know, 
11 2 for Corbin Burns, you know, that's midseason pricing. That's that's what we're going to see in June. Um, but you do have the option to go to Wainwright AK, but like, what do you think? Who benefits the most, the experienced guys or the guys who don't have a lot of tread on the tire? I think it's probably the guys who are like on either extreme, right? The guys who don't have any tread on their tires or, you know, or the the old grizzled veterans. I consider Burns to be a guy in between. I I would probably just you're right. I would probably lean on Wainwright a bunch. 8K on FanDuel. He's the sixth cheapest guy on Yahoo. Only 38 bucks there. So. You know, maybe I mean, the uh, spot is, it's a smash spot. I mean, the Pirates are a mess, right? They, they, nobody in their lineup really poses much of a threat. And um, what? The low- what? what? No love for Diego Castillo. The, the dude's a monster. He's hitting the crap out of the ball this spring. Yeah, I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for him uh, going into <laughs> going into such a, you know, a great hitting environment, too, in this game with such a with such a great total at seven and a half runs implied. Yeah. I'm shaking in my boots there for uh, Diego Castillo, but um, yeah, I, I think Wainwright stands out to me as like, he is probably at least like, I think a lot of people are going to go to Otani on DraftKings. He's seven K. That's just not a price we're going to get. I think a lot of people are going to go to Bieber. And I think in cash games specifically, I think a ton of people gravitate to Wainwright um, considering matchup, considering how good he's been in St. Louis um, and, and, like we said, like he has the experience to navigate if we need five innings to get us a win and he can get us there. I I, I have confidence that, you know, low pitch count, Adam Wright, Wainwright can get us a W here. Yeah. Low pitch count, Adam Wainwright. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Um, all right. So that's that's how we're navigating the pitcher. So if you OK, so Wayno Wayno for you on is is one guy um, on on slates where you have to have two pitchers. Who's your second favorite? Um, I mean, I like, I do, I I know we just talked about spending up. I do like Darvish, you know, mm-hmm. the numbers didn't look great. He was a little unlucky. The XFIP this year were like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm in on Darvish. You don't have to break down Darvish okay. to me. Like, you know, and, and for those listening right there, they just, they want to, do you trust Darvish or do you not? And I'm actually, I'm invested in Darvish in a, in a couple of leagues. For season long. So I'm in on that. Um, so I think Darvish, if you're spending up, I, I do understand the allure behind the Royals. I get it. But if you're talking about a two a two pitcher site with Shane Bieber at 8,300, we will not get this price tag again, period. We won't. I mean, it, he's too good. I mean, I get I get it. There were struggles. Still had a 33% K rate through those struggles last year. Like he strikes out a ton of guys. Um, so Bieber... And then Otani in tournaments, um, dart throw, Tyler McGill officially announced the starter struggles versus lefties, which is obviously concerning considering, you know, that Soto guy is, is on the other, uh, mm-hmm. on the other end of the pitching, but another guy with a lot of strikeout upside had multiple double digit strikeout games. So a bunch of those guys would be in play for me for tournaments. Okay. You know, listen, I, <clears throat> I'll say this, you know, like the the Bieber thing. The only thing that that bums me out if I go with Shane Bieber um, is that, yeah, I mean, if I'm playing in a GPP tournament, you know, to play Bobby Witt at twenty three hundred to go against him, you're like, you know, I mean, you and everyone else, though. Right. So like in a tournament, what free square? I'm not saying it's not. And this is 
this is not me saying I'm not going to play Bobby Witt either because I'm going to have shares of Bobby Witt. But me, you, and 85% of our friends are going to have Bobby Witt, right? Mm -hmm. To be different, to be, you know, to take down a tournament, if you're building multiple lineups, why not fade Bobby Witt? If Bobby Witt goes 0 for 4 in his debut, right? In that lineup that you faded him, that could be your your ticket. That could be the the Willy Wonka golden ticket to a GPP win. So if you are a one lineup person, sure, fading fading Bobby Witt might not be your style at 2300. If you are someone who plays multiple lineups, I think it's more than okay that it, you split your 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 roster ship places, and that may include fading Witt and playing um, Shane Bieber. I like it. I like it. Listen, I listen, I, have, I have no problem fading Bobby Witt if I have to, right? right. I mean, it's right. especially first day, first day of, uh, of 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 DFS. I mean, again, I'd rather come out with a win than than anything else. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, here you go. So, just a quickie for you guys today here, just so you know. So, uh, th- there's the pitching for DFS right now. Let's talk about opening day hitters. Right after we pay a couple of bills and listen to this commercial break. All right, here we go. James Grande joining us here on the Annie Up podcast. James, let's talk hitters. I mean, listen, if you want to talk, <clears throat> you know, chalk plays, if you want to talk bar, I mean, listen, I've got a I've got a, a fistful of bargains here from Tyler Stevenson. This is just DraftKings pricing here right now. Tyler Stevenson behind the plate, Luke Voigt at first at 3,500. Um, I'm kind of looking at Nick Senzel, who gets second base eligibility at 2,300. Like I said, Bobby Wood Jr. is cheap. J.D. Davis, if he's in the lineup, that dude destroys lefties. Um, Could see about using him at 2,600. My boy, Diego Castillo, who you hate. (laughs) Um, but then you could turn around. You could say, you know what? What about Haesong Kim at 2,600 against Mad Bum? Jeremy Pena, 2,300 against Otani. Joe Adele, 2,500 at Framber Valdez. I know I threw a lot at you there, James, but am I on the right path? So I really like Stevenson um, to start that off. He hits lefties really well. Uh, Seven, I think he was just under or just over 800 OPS against lefties last year. Um, they've been batting him fifth in spring training, too, over the last four games. So, you know, you can expect him to slot in right in the middle of that lineup. Um, obviously, we talked about Witt. Um, you talked about Diego Castillo. I, I mean, like, it's fine for tournaments, right? Because I do think Adam Wainwright is going to be fairly popular. So if you want to pivot that way and stack against Wainwright, you know, who knows if he's like, who knows? Again, it's a very unknown commodity going into the year, just pitching in general. So um, if you want to stack Pittsburgh, that's fine. Um, Kim is a good one. I, you know, truthfully, I loved during the, the KBO era of baseball, you know, um, during COVID and everything, like getting to know those players. And Kim was like their was their their guy in the KBO. Um, like a 30-30 guy, and he showed flashes of it last year. I think what is going to be pretty popular of an approach is him and use all the righties on San Diego against Mad Bum. I mean, Mad Bum gave up a lot of home runs to right-handed batters last year. 
Um, I don't think that's going to change this year. I mean, if you want to go with the San Diego stack that includes Kim, it works because he's so cheap. Um, and you said, uh, who was the second baseman you said? Because my brain sometimes. Oh, Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel. Yeah, I mean, that's. It's interesting because I, I was trying to break down Max Reed and I was trying to find like, you know, the the bad parts of Max Reed. And there weren't many last year. Um, he was very good. They batters don't make hard contact against him. Um, so I like Senzel Stevenson. The reason I, I picked out Stevenson and, and I'm now not liking Senzel, I don't want to like go overboard against Freed. I think he's pretty good. Um, could be another arm you use. I, I think for me, he was a little too expensive at 9K. Um, but Senzel's so cheap that like if you wanted to go there, obviously, you know, highly coveted prospect uh, that just has been injured. So if you want to go that route, it's fine. Not on my board. Like I love Jonathan India more. Uh, just mm -hmm. we've the sample size, especially against lefties last year, was tremendous. So like I would rather spend up for him than Senzel at the same position. But you do get that dual eligibility for Senzel, which is nice. All right, so let's um let's just kind of cruise through it here because we don't have a lot of time. Let's uh, give me give me your favorites. Uh, you know, and and let's limit it to a to a, a small handful here. We don't have to go through. How about your your three favorites at each position? Well, we already did catcher, and you said Stevenson. You agreed with me on that one. That's a nice way. It's just a good way to spend down, right? You don't have to fucking invest a ton of money there. But let's talk about it. First base. Um, I think Pete Alonso. I mean, I think Corbin is going to be a punching bag again, right? It's after last year, 35 home runs, Howard, against right-handed right-handed batters. Mm -hmm. 35. 35. Just against right, just against righties. Um, Alonzo. Who? I said kaboom. As oh. in, as in a, a a bomb there, not as in Carter Kaboom, the guy who can't stay healthy and is just ruining his career. Yeah, yeah, definitely the definitely the <laughs> former. Definitely the former. No one go, you know, rushing to to uh look up Carter Kaboom's uh career stats thus far. But uh Alonzo hit for a lot of power against lefties. He was better in terms of average against righties last year, but we don't care when it's 35 home runs serving up Patrick Corbin. Uh, I like Alonzo. I, on the flip side, if you are gonna attack McGill, you use lefties. J uh Josh Bell had an 800 plus OPS against right-handed um, pitchers last year. So I like those two. And uh, Luke Voigt, you mentioned, um, you know, obviously the home run threat he is against Madison Bumgarner. Bumgarner's going to get picked on a lot here. Um, poor guy, but like, you know, how how can we not pick on him? Uh, especially with Padres running out a pretty ready-heavy lineup, likely. Listen, I'm, I'm more than happy to pick on Madison Bumgarner, no doubt about it. All right, so Pete Alonzo, Josh Bell, Luke Voigt at first. Second base, you threw out Jonathan India's name, so I'm assuming he's one of your choices here. Yeah, I think this position is one of the one of the worst <laughs> on the slate, and generally one of the worst, right? Just from top to bottom, we don't get a lot of production. So I'm okay spending up at second base. I know Tommy Edmond is a little pricey on DraftKings. Like it's, it's not something we're accustomed to seeing, but he's a very fair price on FanDuel. 
He's also dual, dual eligible over there. So I like Edmund. Um, India, <sighs> I, I really, I really don't like second base. Um, you know, gun to my head. No, like, no, 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 no. See, that's the beautiful thing here, James. I, I don't, I don't is that want there is to no use... gun to your head here. If you don't like a position, don't fish for it, man. If you like Edmund or you like India and you think everybody else is dog shit, beautiful. They are. Say yeah, it. that's they're they're dog shit. Um, <laughs> they, I mean, look, I mean, you find me something, find me something we can work with, and I'll and I'll argue, I'll probably argue against it because I I just don't. I, you mentioned Senzel, and I I think that's fine if you want to you know believe in the righty lefty split and you want to, but Max Fried was damn good, and and I just trust India's, I mean, body of work to this point. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. All right, so let's move on then. You want to go to short or to third? What do you prefer? We'll go third. Third base. I like third base. Bobby Witt Jr., J.D. Davis. I gave you those two uh, cheapy, cheapy names. Uh, who else you got? Give me your best three. Uh, Machado, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, we're Because we're, again, we're going to attack. Um, we're going to attack Madison Bump. Yeah, Mad Bum. Uh, no, no uh, you know, pun intended there. Um, I, I like Arenado. I think attacking Brubaker, Brubaker had interesting splits last year. He was equally as bad versus righties and lefties. And we know Arenado is typically better against lefties, but, um, I do like the price tag on Fandle and, um, I do like the price tag, you know, on Yahoo, just $20. So, um, I think Arenado, not as much as I like the, the savings you can get on Machado, especially on DraftKings. Um, and then J.D. Davis, like you mentioned, um, stands out, you know, um, uh, if, if he plays, if he plays. And, and look, obviously, Bobby Witt, 2300 is it's going to be chalky. I mean, he's the talk of the town, rightfully so. Um, but hard to ignore the talent at 2300 if, you know, if you want to go there. I, I just I'm on I'm on Team Bieber, you know, Justin and Shane. So uh, I, I will probably be fading wit in, in multiple lineups, uh, considering I'm going to play multiple. Uh, right, listen, I hear I hear Justin Bieber's new single really slap. So we're, we're good with that. Then. That was not that. on my bingo. My bingo card did not include you saying Justin Bieber's new song really slaps. Not going to lie. Well, there you go. See, the, the person who had that on their bingo card. <laughs> Super fucking psyched right now. <laughs> Let's go to the shortstop position here. Obviously, you've got. Uh, you know, with uh, with Correa out and Tatis out, and well, there's there's it's it's pretty bleak over here as well. Yep. Um, I you know I'd say look at Lindor, but what the hell happened to you know Lindor against lefties last year? Yeah. Um. Like I, I want to say I agree, but I think um, opening your season against Patrick Corbin away from your home fans that like, you know, you had like some kind of like weird thing with, with the thumbs down and all that stuff. Like, I think it's good for Lindor. I think a good start to this year is going to make a lot of people forget about 2021, uh, which was just a weird season in general, I think for, for everyone. Um, so I like Lindor 4,600. I think him and and Kim stand out the most at the position, like just from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I actually probably would put those two guys on a pedestal above um, everyone else. Payson Kim, you like using him. I like it. Yeah, it's 600. It allows you to get some cheaper guys into your lineup. So we're to get some pricier guys in there. I'm building a lineup as we're as we're kind of going through this. So damn, I see every podcast I've ever been on with you, you've always done this. And I've always you've always mentioned it at some point. And every time I'm like, shit, I have not put a single player into my lineup. No, no, no. That's okay. It's what I'm here for. I'm here for you, James. Come on. I I I I loaded up into a three max entry contest. Nothing crazy, but I'm gonna build this lineup here. And then I'm going to work off of your playbook and uh, and core plays tomorrow uh, and load in uh, a pair of other lineups there. We'll just kind of see how it, it goes. But I like, uh, you know, I, I like listening to the process here of, you know, you kind of just talking around the guys because I can tell when you're like talking about a guy because you really like him. And when you're talking about a guy because, yeah, well, I guess <laughs> they may, mm, ah, uh, uh, like you, it's. Boom. Easy to see. So yeah. I, I like your uh, I like your calls right now. And I got to tell you, man, so far, this lineup is looking really pretty right now. Let's go to the outfield and say everybody. Juan Soto is at yep. the top of the board. Right? Correct. Correct. That was I was I was going to say it's going to about to get a lot prettier because you're about to add Juan Soto to uh, your first outfielder spot, uh, you know, pretty quickly. Well, the question is now is who else am I adding into my outfield then? I, I got sky's the limit here based on this lineup right now. Uh, I mean, I so I think, you know, going to attack Patrick. So the only thing is there there's a weather there's potentially weather in Washington, which we'll obviously have to to watch out for and monitor. Um, probably the reason we should move like games to like the West Coast or warmer climates like to start the year right like it's Mm -hmm. um but you know whatever we what do we know we're just here uh winning people money but um obviously like what are the debuts for starling Marte and marcana gonna look like um both righties going up against corbin and we've already talked about it five times like righties crush corbin but i think both of those guys stand out if you know barring weather um, we're going to attack JT Brubaker. I don't like, I get the upside of Tyler O'Neill because, you know, could, could he replicate what he did last year? Um, is he a 30, 20 guy? Is that legit? Like all questions we're going to, but you know, he could definitely go yard here against Brubaker. Um, so I like him. I like Bader for a little cheap. Um, if he's in the starting lineup, but if not, you know, Corey Dickerson could be um in you, the you don't like lineup. Dylan Carlson at all. I I so I just like I like Dylan Carlson. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's like maybe he develops the power a little bit more. Um, but what did we really get from Carlson? Like 18 home runs is good, but he played 150 games and had 500 plus at bats. And um, I like the fact that the fact that he can hit from both sides, but I think that there's more upside. Like Bader is a, a bigger stolen base start if he's in the lineup. Um, Dickerson is significantly cheaper if he's starting. Um, O'Neill has both the power and the stolen base threat. So like I don't hate Carlson, but we're paying nearly we're paying almost the same price for Carlson as we are 
for Juan Soto. And yeah. that is, and I know like sometimes I think in DFS, it's, it's easy to just spend all our money, right? It's like, well, I have all this amount of money so I can get to Carlson. I don't, I'm not saying don't play him. I'm also not sold of the, uh, that Dylan Carlson's going to pay off 4,800 um, when I could play Fran Meal for 45. I know he has two home run upside. I don't think Carlson has that. Or Duval against Molly. Molly struggled a lot with righties last year. We know Adam Duval is a power freak, right? Um, who's been good in the spring. I can get him for cheaper. So I, it's not that I dislike Carlson. I just don't know if the upside is Nelson Cruz on his new team going to, you know, probably get a lot of pitches to hit behind Soto, like 4K. And I know McGill was good against righties, but we know Nelson Cruz doesn't really care about all that sometimes. So um, I think that there's just better spots in my eyes than paying 4800 for Carlson on DraftKings specifically. Okay, listen, that makes uh, makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. Um, all right. So, what about uh, any any other uh, any cheaper outfielders? Let's uh, let's drop down a little bit further here beyond Bader. Anybody else you like? Because I'm looking at this lineup right now that I've built, and listen, it it, it looks great, right? Wayno, Bieber, Stevenson, Alonzo, India, JD Davis, Haysong Kim. Soto, O'Neill, and Marte, right? I mean, that's just boom, boom, boom. Um, but, you know, I'm also kind of looking at what if I paid down from Marte and found somebody cheaper with some power, and instead of J.D. Davis, who I don't even know if he's going to be in the lineup, let's right. be, you know, um, you know, what about looking at, like, an Austin Riley? Yeah, um or again, do you prefer or you oh you prefer Machado actually? Well, yeah, I love Machado. Yeah. I think I think you're onto something though with Riley. Uh he hit righties really well last year, and Molly struggled versus right-handed batters last year. And I know it's year to year and like things could change, but like that's the data we're going off of. We're not using this, you know, 12 innings in spring, and we're we're largely going off 2021 data. And the 2021 data suggests Tyler Molly. Um was quite bad against right-handed pitching or right-handed hitters rather. So I like Riley. Sure. Um, I think he'll be less popular than Machado too. If you want to differentiate. Oh, I just made the move. Here it is. All right, let's Are hear you it. Ready? Let's, yeah, let's ready? Yep, let's so I, I pivoted. I, I went to Riley at third, right? Did not leave me with a lot of money at all, but there he is, <laughs> right? Joe Adele just yep. sitting there. Yep. 2,500. Yeah, I mean, it. it's, I think, like, I think highly of Frambar, um, but we don't need a lot from Adele here. And obviously, we like the split advantage. We obviously like, you know, Jay up, getting the boot, solidifying, like, all the at-bats in the world. We we like the, the front half of this Angels lineup in front of Adele. So, you know, they're not going to get pitches to hit. We know Adele's going to, so... Um, I think that is the move. There's not there's not a ton of great value. I will say, like, there will be probably when we see lineups. Um, like, we've seen Aquino. I know he's the fifth outfielder, but we've seen him in the lineup against uh, lefties a lot throughout his career, and we know mm -hmm. he has a lot of power. 
Um, probably falls in that same category as Senzel. Like if you want to take a shot on a, a righty versus a lefty, um, both guys who have upside, you can. But I don't think there's a ton of value as it stands outside of uh, Joe Adele, truthfully. Well, that makes me smile, man. That, that puts a, a very big, happy grin on my face <laughs> because it fits so beautifully with the lineup there. And, you know, it allows me to uh, it allows me to root for a player who, you know, I, I've, I've kind of bought into in, in the seasonal front and just the, as a as a post type sleeper. You know, every time somebody, you know, somebody gets like the, the big rookie love and then they, they shit all over their uh, their right. fantasy owners. <laughs> Right. People are so unforgiving. So unforgiving. It's not like I'm talking about Byron Buxton getting hurt every single year. I'm talking about just a rookie struggling and then everybody's like, oh, he sucks. Look that. I'm not going back to him. Jared Kelnick, right? He's going to be a a guy. He is 100% going to be. I mean, it's, it's weird that people don't like results don't always show the whole story like we we talk about it being people who look at analytics and deep there's a lot of unlucky players in baseball especially rookies um that are going to start turning it around and be like oh maybe i should have realized that uh the jared kelnicks and and joe adels of the world are are going to be the truth you know it's funny is that you know and i think a lot of people just forget about this aspect that baseball hitters right a 30% success rate right. is considered Hall of Fame. Hall of, literally Hall of Fame. Yep. Right? I mean, you couldn't tell me that I could be right 30% of the time at any other job that I do and get away with it. Well, maybe being a weatherman. I don't know. Oh, oh, th- that is – I would actually – argue that's 1A of that argument. <laughs> <laughs> I'd argue the weatherman 30% correct rate is is 1A of the Hall of Fame being 1B. Right. Could you imagine if I was if I was only right 30% of the time for betting? I was right only 30% of the time for for, you know, DFS picks. It'd be terrible. You you might be um writing a WordPress out of your basement and not working for uh <laughs> a company of of any uh significance well then you know what then that just means i got into a time machine and uh <laughs> and i'm back 20 years ago and if that's the case can i go with a had i known then what i know now mentality Man, I, wordpress is wordpress was a fun time wordpress <laughs> was a fun time. it was it was no blog spot i'll tell you that i don't i don't know what i don't know i don't i'm not very familiar with blogspot truthfully there you go. So Blogspot was uh, was was where people, you know, it was like, okay, I'm not going to write on my MySpace page. I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blog on my my you know my Blogspot.com address. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Better or worse than WordPress, Howard? Oh, oh, it was definitely worse than WordPress, dude. WordPress was like ahead of its time. Yeah, my. Right. Uh, I had a uh, I had a you know rotobuzzguy.com, right? That sucker when I was uh, when I was active on that, that was a WordPress site. Okay. Okay. Um yeah, I had uh I had my own little uh my own little blog with a little following myself, but nothing uh nothing quite prestigious as rotobuzzguy.com. Rotobuzz wow. It wasn't prestigious at the time, my friend. Well, look where you are now. You still got the handle and 
That handle brought you a check mark, Howard. The ultimate prize. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the handle that brought me. It was the New York Post that brought yeah. me the check mark. Touche. Touche. Right? Well, no. So we'll, we'll just have to we'll just go through the rest of fantasy football Twitter and look at all the people who really don't deserve a blue check mark and find out how they got theirs. I am sipping a cup of I'm sipping tea right now with my pinky up as the as the meme. If people can imagine the meme right now, that's what I'm doing. How lovely. How lovely. <laughs> all right. Well, James, I appreciate you jumping on with me. Um before I let you get on out of here, my question to you is, do you have um, any advice for, you know, people listening? Maybe it's their first time dipping their toe into the MLB DFS pool. It's obviously a long, long season. It's a huge grind. Um, but maybe you've got some sort of words of wisdom to share. Yeah, I mean, I think um, a diligent approach uh, pays dividends. And, and what I mean by that is use all the tools, all the content, everything to your advantage. Um, we at Fantasy Alarm put that out on the regular, um, not just to put it out, but we take pride in our work, read it over, understand the Vegas lines, understand who's favored, understand what is considered a solid over-under, um, where runs will be scored or where a pitching dominant um performance will likely come from um and then and then go from there because all this is at your disposal you just need to use it and you need to be able to understand it and and so on and so forth so i think you know just make sure you're doing the work if you want to be a successful dfs player especially mlb because again you said uh, it is a grind 162 games worth so um we'll be around each and every day to help you through it and uh, i look forward to winning a lot of money with everybody I look forward to you winning everybody a lot of money, including me, James, including me. Um, but all right, that's going to do it for us here. Happy opening day, everybody. We really appreciate you uh, you tuning in. You liking and subscribing. I hope James wins you guys a little bit of money. I gave you my fucking lineup. So there you go. So much for me, you know, winning this GPP on my own, right? <laughs> it's going to yep. be like everybody's going to have this lineup now. You and your 50 best friends. Um, me and my 50 best friends, we're all fading Bobby Witt Jr. because James Grande told us to, which means that that's my first message that I, I send. That's my first text message when Witt goes yard tomorrow. <sighs> I didn't say fade him. I said the potential to fade him is an option to you. <laughs> No, man, you told me to fade him. I heard it. You said fade him, and then you won a, a GPP because you used them. You lied to me. Welcome to DFS, everybody. Oh, God, right? DFS Twitter. What a bunch of nut jobs. All right. I, listen, I love y'all. I really do. If it wasn't for all of you guys, I wouldn't have a fucking job right now. <laughs> right? I wouldn't have a radio show to say, I got to go because I got to go do a radio show. So I, I thank you all for, for being wonderful people out there. I thank you, James, for, uh, for hopping on with me here last minute and giving everybody the quick opening day rundown. Uh, that's going to do it for us here at the Annie Up Podcast. For James Grande, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.